0: We've tried to be very smart about how you put the plan together. Obviously had an offseason this year, so that was different. But feel like the guys have a good understanding of what we're doing on all three sides of
1: the ball. Now's the time to compete. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Tonight is your chance to get a detailed peek behind the scenes from team headquarters in Berea. And you'll find out how the Browns are prepping for this week's game. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. <laughs> Jerry.
2: Welcome into the Kevin Safansky Show all along the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Nathan Zagura with you alongside the three time, three time, three time Super Bowl champion. Gerard Cherry, and Gerard, we sit here at 2-2 two and two after a tough loss in Atlanta. Before we talk about though, I want everybody to know, coming up on the show, the head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, he will join us in about 15 minutes, and then later an hour, in the second part of this program, after the bottom of the hour, you will hear from Browns linebacker Sione Takitaki, the number 10-ranked linebacker in the NFL at Pro Football Focus. All right, Gerard, let's talk about Atlanta. You were there down on the side. Guidelines. I was there. Very disappointing outcome for this team. The second time this year, you would say they have absolutely led a game that they should win. Get away. What happened? How do we fix it? Because this team, frankly, should be 4-0 and at worst 3-1. and And here we are. Two and two. Oh,
3: it's really simple, Nathan. It's a combination of not doing what you're supposed to do in regards to making sure you do the little things right. If you lose leverage, guess what they're going to do? They're going to find that. They're going to take advantage of this because this is a national football league. It's the professional level. And when you give the football away, when you're in the midst of a great drive, that's going to come back and hurt you. And also, too, when you have a bit of uncertainty, I believe, and quite how you want to approach the game because you feel you could do so many things because everything's working for you, that can kind of throw you off as well. I won't say kind of. I'll be more. Defensive that will throw you off. So it's a combination of all those things, and then we couple that with a tired front seven who are just getting bashed in at the end of the game. That leads to what we witness take place Sunday in Atlanta. You know,
2: and and being honest about it, if you had told me without Miles, without Clowney, without Taven Bryan, without Anthony Walker Jr. that we would hold the Falcons to 23 points. I would have taken that. Right. I would have taken that in a second. They'd hold Marcus Mariota to 7 of 19 passing in this game. They'd hold Drake London to 17 yards. They'd hold Kyle Pitts to 25 yards. Cordero Patterson would only run for in the 30s. You would say. Easy Browns win, but it was not. And I think this game actually more of the blame falls on the offense. Missed opportunities down at the goal line twice. The turnovers. We had a chief fumble. We had a Jacoby Brissett interception late on a pass. I'm sure he would want back and would throw it to Dearness Johnson there to help set up a field goal. But from this offense... We did a lot of good things, ran the ball effectively. Jacoby started off very hot in this game, but it didn't lead to points. How can we clean up and make sure this team scores points because, boy, you're going to need them this week against the Chargers? I think
3: it just comes with the idea of having a sense of urgency about the situation, Nathan, because ultimately that first drive was beautiful. You get down there, everything's clicking. You have your will and your way with the Falcons' defense. They can't stop you. Twelve personnel was the – The the personnel of doom for the Falcons and everything's clicking and working. And then, as you just described, you get to the red zone area and it's almost like, okay, do we pass? Do we run? Do we pass? Do we run? What's the sure thing? And obviously it didn't work out. And then when you think about that other drive as well with the offense and how that played itself out, just, again, we're having success but it's we're making the penalties and the mistakes the holding calls all at the wrong times that put us in a position where we're not maximizing the great offensive production that we're getting because if you look at the stats and you remove the score as well as the turnovers, who do you think looks like it won that game? The Browns absolutely
2: they dominated the time of possession they were able to go and, and really control this game for the large part and you look at the Atlanta Falcons. In the, in the second and third quarters combined, they had 11 yards, 11 yards of offense combined for the Atlanta Falcons. That, to me, right. is stunning, but we couldn't capitalize. To your point, we couldn't pull away on offense. Like They should never have had the opportunity to run the football in that fourth quarter because the Browns should have put that game away in quarters exactly. two and three.
3: Exactly. It should have been a situation where they were passing and Mariota was not effective doing that the least bit. So it should have been that scenario, but instead – We kept it close more so than them. And this is, once again, another scenario in which we find – us being the main culprit to our problems and our issues totally. and our lack of success. Because when I watch these games, Nathan, and I'm there with you and you watch them again, you walk away from experience saying, we beat ourselves. So the question becomes, how do you get out of this mode of beating yourself? Well, it's really simple. You practice harder. You pay closer attention to detail. You certainly take your work home with you. You study more and realize that you have to dot the I's and cross the T's and do the little things right. Right. Again, it feels like preseason that counts, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, and it does, but you've got to, to your point, you've got to do every little thing, whether it's how you cover a punt, whether it's how you block on a kick return. There's so many little things that this Browns team needs to do and execute a little bit better, and then they will win. The funny thing is they should have won all four of these games easily. None of them should have even been stressful, and yet... All of them have been stressful. We've had onside kicks. We've had everything comes down, it feels like, to the last moment.
3: And that's where I start saying to myself, guys, what do you want out of this season? Do you realize what you have and the opportunity that's before you? Why are you letting it blow away? Why are you acting as if it can just come back? These games are precious. Now, granted, it is fortunate enough, Nathan, that it's the early part of the season, and that identity has not been found yet. But you do not want this to be a common occurrence. And in defense of the team, I will say this, the mistakes have been more minimal than it was the first and second week. We think about that Jets loss and what that represents. So things are trending better. But, again, you missed a golden opportunity to be 4-0 and and clearly a leader in this conference, let alone a division. And that's been missed because of the fact of a lack of sense of urgency, I believe, where guys are just going to. And it's not me saying this. The players are even admitting it, saying to effect that, hey, why are we struggling in the fourth quarter? Now, I'm going to give them a lightweight pass because of the defensive line issues in Atlanta. But when you hear guys saying something to the effect of, well, simply we're not paying attention and we don't have a sense of urgency, and I'm saying this in I don't understand my, my own words, but it's what they're saying. And, that, and that's the case because it's a simple idea of uh, we got this covered. We'll get it together because we know we're good. And that's what happens sometimes when you've been told how good you are. And you got to go out there and prove it, though. Yeah, when you're 2 and
2: 2 you're not good. You're you're middle of the pack when you had a chance to be 4 and 0 and be considered elite, the only unbeaten in the AFC. The good news is though, the rest of the division is struggling. The Browns are currently atop the AFC North. So if you said the Browns would be in first place in the AFC North after 4 games, we'd all be happy, but they're tied with the Ravens, they're tied with the Bengals. Those two teams will meet on Sunday night football this week. Now here come the Chargers. They are also 2 and 2. They also probably feel like they should be at least 3 and 1, if not 4 and 0. They got blown out by the Jags in a shocking result back in week three. Week two, they lost a barn burner to the Kansas City Chiefs that they probably feel like they let get away. They threw a pick six, basically going into the end zone against Kansas City. They are the number one passing offense in the NFL. Justin Herbert is electric. Mike Williams gets down the field. Eckler scored three touchdowns last week. But the Browns on defense getting healthier. Miles Garrett back, although limited. He is trending to play. The Browns are hopeful that Jadevian Clowney will be able to play. He did not practice today, but Taven Bryan was back as well. So we are as healthy as we have been in a while. The Chargers out three probably of their stars. Joey Bosa, he's on IR. Rashawn Slater's on IR. And then Keenan Allen has not practiced yet this weekend. They may have a new kicker. They signed Taylor Bertolette to the practice squad. If their starter Dustin Hopkins can't play dealing with a right quad issue, he would be making his NFL debut great offense no doubt they can sling it around the yard last year they put up 47 on us in that 47 to 42 game the highest scoring game in the nfl in 2021
3: gerard how do you slow down the chargers it's really simple nathan it's pass rush and that's the question that we're gonna have to find out on sunday if we'll have the arsenal to pass rush and to get to herbert because that's really going to be the key because you're right mike Williams is a beast. And that's just the star of the situation because when you look at the other four receivers, and Keenan Allen's not even involved because he's had a hamstring injury. But when you look at the other guys on the roster to play receiver for them, you may not have heard of these guys, and I'll tell you their names right quick. I know you know them, but just for our listeners, for example, the kid.
2: They got Josh Palmer. You DeAndre got Andre Carter. You got Guyton. You, Guyton's hurt. Uh, he just got hurt. You know, he just got season. hurt.
3: But you got Moore. You. You got Carter, as you just mentioned, and you got tight end Everett. Yep. These guys make plays. These guys across the board can hurt you. So, and here's the thing that's interesting about it I'm confident in our cornerback's ability to cover. Now, granted, we have not done much man-to-man coverage, and I think we excel at it, but for some reason we haven't employed it that much. This might be that game, Nathan, where we're going to have to do that to answer your question as far as how do we stop it because that man-to-man coverage may give our depleted defensive line just the amount of time to where they can get to the quarterback because they both go hand-in-hand. You have to have coverage, and you have to have pressure. And if you have elite coverage, that can make okay pressure become elite. So I think it's going to all boil down to the pass rush and tight coverage. And if you have those things clicking – we're good to go.
2: Yeah, you look. take a look right now at Justin Herbert on the year without pressure. 75% completions, 8.5 yards per attempt, 9 touchdown passes, a quarterback rating of 124. With pressure, it all drops to 51%, 5.9 yards in attempt. He's thrown a pick, and his quarterback rating halves all the way down to 62. So I'm with you. I think that is very important. The Browns have played more, man, following the Jets game. But still, with your corners, I agree with you. I think this is a team that absolutely can play a lot of man. They've got the big play threat, obviously, you mentioned there. In Mike Williams, Carter's got a touchdown back in week one. Palmer scored against the Chiefs. And then Everett's got two touchdowns. He scored last week against Houston. Mm-hmm. So they've got weapons. And then you can't forget about Austin Eckler. No, he's he's a guy that you've got to We definitely can't for. forget about him. No, you have got to account for him. And that's something that the Browns, obviously, I think will be definitely paying close attention to in this game. Maybe J.O.K. can run around with Eckler, very similar to the way they dealt with Christian McCaffrey in week number one. Offensively, we can run the ball. Defensively, they can't really stop the run. Mm -hmm. Gerard, it feels like a very similar game plan for us in this one to go ahead and play that outside zone, those pin pulls, get on the edges where the Chargers are giving up eight yards a carry.
3: Right, and the question will become, do we have the patience to do just that? Because when you watch the Chargers on defense, Doran James is the truth, but he's not making every tackle. And every time you have a situation where it's safety is doing that, that's what you want because he's on the third level of the defense. And Mac, obviously, he wrecks shop from what he can do from a pass rush standpoint. But far as what they do in run defense, nothing about as impressive. We can have our way with them. And they know that. They're going to do what they can to stop it. But I'm pretty sure other teams went into the same game against them, with the, well, went into the game with the same mindset, and they've had success. So today, they prove that they can stop it, I am running ad nauseum.
2: Yeah, and keep them off the field, kind of like last week. You have a good offense. You're possessing the football. You can keep another team's offense on the field. Keep Justin Herbert on the sideline, the NFL's leading passer. They also have a rookie starting at left tackle, Jamari Salyer, who was – Really drafted to be a guard, sixth-round pick. Last week, though, didn't give up a pressure against Jerry Hughes. you got to hope that Garrett, and if Clowney's back, we can take advantage of that
3: guy at the left tackle position. Exactly, and get on him and force him to earn his keep in the National Football League. And now, granted, some guys rise to the occasion, and to his credit, though he was playing the Texans, he did fine last week. But hopefully we're at full force and full speed because when we have that, we can get the job done, and it'll be the perfect situation to stop this offense because, again, if you don't put pressure on Herbert, he's going to eat you alive. And he also has wiggle, but I wonder how much those ribs have healed as well because that's still an issue for him. And if you're applying that pressure, at some point it's going to start hurting him and it's going to slow him down. But if you're not getting pressure, it becomes a moot point because, of, hey, if you're not touched him, he's going to feel fine. And he can throw make every single Every throw. single throw.
2: He is an impressive guy. When you put the tape on there, Justin Herbert, we saw it last year. Heck, listen to these numbers, Gerard. Last time that we played him, he had 389 yards, four touchdowns. He ran for a touchdown as well. Mike Williams, 165 and two touchdowns. Eckler, 66 rushing, two touchdowns, and 53 receiving with a touchdown. So Mm. this is an offense that the Browns need to get their defense going. Offensively, though, we have been good top five offense in the NFL, which is amazing when you think about the personnel we've trotted out there. But that's the case. Kevin Stefanski doing a great job on that side of the ball. Now the Browns just need to finish. Finish drives with points. Finish defensively in the fourth quarter. Be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. When we come back, I go one-on-one with the Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski. You're listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns kicker, Kay George.
4: This is Browns quarterback,
2: this is john johnson and you are listening to the university hospitals cleveland browns radio network university hospitals is your hometown medical team and
3: official health care provider of the cleveland browns
2: welcome back to the kevin stefanski show all along the university hospitals cleveland browns radio network joined now by the head coach of your cleveland browns kevin stefanski coach obviously atlanta that was a tough one how have you kind of processed that moved on and what's been the message to the team about what happened in that game and how we make sure it doesn't happen again
0: yeah i tell you what anytime you come up short they're all tough they're just it's it's so hard you put these players put so much into these games and, and from a preparation standpoint and what they put their bodies through so anytime you fall short they're all tough so what we try to do uh, when we're in these situations is what you we try to do is identify and correct and there's def- there's always things that we can get better at uh, players coaches you name it offense defense special teams so I think it's so important when you come up short to really really dig down and look at it and say all right what can we do better how we're going to do it better so that it doesn't happen again uh, this is a, a competitive league uh, these teams you run into everybody's got players uh, they're going to make their plays but in the end at the end of the day can we make just a few more plays than them
2: Fifteen of the 16 games in the NFL were one-score games in the fourth quarter last week, which is one of the highest rates ever, and it just feels like there is so much competitiveness. That you're right, it comes down to a few plays. Have the guys, have you felt from them, they realize that, look, we can be schemed all we want, but at the end of the day, we're the ones out there, we've got to do our jobs, and we have to make the plays that win this game.
0: I don't, I mean, from, from my conversations with our players, I think we have a very accountable group. And we have a very accountable coaching staff. I mean, we, and that's the message to our team: is this is a team. We are in this thing together. Uh, we need everybody. We need offense. We need defense. We need special teams. You need players and coaches. And when we win as a team, we share in those wins together. And when you lose as a team, you share in those wins together. So I think we have an accountable group that that watches the tape and and understands that there are ways that we can improve.
2: Yeah, and you hope to get it, and you get an opportunity. That's the best thing about it. Here it goes this Sunday, another opportunity against the Chargers, a team that comes in, you know, similar record. They have great offense. Their defense has been up and down. When you look at this team and think about last year, 47, 42, 89 points, is this one where you feel like this is going to have to be another one of those high-scoring games, similar to the mindset you went into against Atlanta?
0: I don't think you ever know. I think you kind of play the game out in your head and you see their matchups versus your guys and schematically, but you really don't know until you get into that game. So really, you have to be ready to play whatever game it calls for. Now you look across the field and that is the number one pass offense, and they've they've earned it. It's it's a very good scheme. Very good quarterback. Weapons uh, at wide receiver. Weapons at tight end. Weapons at running back. So it's an impressive group. So it's really the ch- it's quite a challenge. I, I think our guys understand the challenge that this one presents, and they're always unique challenges. So to go up against the number number one pass offense for our defense is a is a great challenge, and it's it's rushing coverage. It's going to take uh, everybody to slow them down. Uh, defensively, we understand the scheme. They present different. Things to you, the most multiple fronts, multiple personnel groupings, multiple coverage, Derwin James is as good as the guy there is playing in this game at safety, and I I say safety, he can show up anywhere. He can play on the line of scrimmage as a linebacker, he can be your your nickel, he can be be a post safety, he can be a half-field safety, so you got to know where number three is. So, again, just the challenge that all these weeks present, and this one's a different one.
2: All right, let's start with their offense. So they're going to go out there and start two rookies on this offensive line. A guy they drafted in the sixth round to be a guard is going to be playing left tackle. Didn't give up a pressure last week against Houston. Their first-round pick, Zion Johnson, he starts at right guard. And for a team that's the number one passing offense that throws it around the yard a lot, they've only allowed four sacks. What has jumped out to you is the reason that that has been the case.
0: Yeah, a quarterback does a great job, gets the ball out of his hands. You know, you think about Peyton Manning over the years, big player, not real mobile. He didn't take sacks. He wouldn't let you sack him. I think that's the mentality of this quarterback is he's going to get the ball out of his hands. They're going to, they're going to scheme up the protections where they max protect at times, where they want to push the ball down the field. But he's got a very, very innate ability to get the ball out of his hand.
2: They're the worst rushing offense in the NFL, conversely, something we're certainly not familiar with. But they used Austin Eckler, I think, many times kind of long handoffs. He's, you know, third in the AFC in receptions as a running back, which is incredible. What When you have a team that is not afraid to use that running back as a receiver, and we probably had some preparation for that with Christian McCaffrey week one, what does that do for a defense and how do you kind of change Yeah, he's a a very, very good player, and you're right.
0: He catches a lot of things underneath, a lot of checkdowns, a lot of choice routes, Uh, and they they do a great job featuring him, and and you're exactly right. Those are long handoffs, and those are uh, versus your zone. It gives him the opportunity to get the ball in his hands and and get north-south, so so much of it is when we're playing zones, it's converging on the football. Uh, Having two guys there potentially take the ball away, but being uh, visual on the quarterback, visual on him when he's coming out of the backfield. Then in man coverage, I think everybody kind of gets an opportunity to cover him. You'll have linebackers covering him.
2: You'll have safeties covering him, and and he's very, very uh, good at breaking free versus man. How important is tackling in this one? They lead the league with 632 yards after the catch. That comes from sometimes throwing it down to Eckler he's got more yards after the catch than he has yards receiving, which tells you where he catches the football a lot of the time. But how important is tackling in this game against a team that likes to get that yak?
0: yeah it's huge it's absolutely huge. I thought uh, we had a good moments in the, in the last ball game tackling, and then you know what what you do is you have to have to be relentless to the football because it 's hard i mean to it's easier said than done to get a guy on the ground, so if you have eleven guys running through the ball, the first guy. Uh, shoots his shot and, and the rest of the cavalry is ready to get him on the ground
2: all right let's flip it around to when we've got the football you know one thing we're great at running the ball second in the nfl in rushing yards we've got nick chubb and we're doing so effectively outside they're averaging eight yards a carry allowed on outside runs and it feels like sometimes the best defense is a good offense right possess the ball like we did against atlanta 35 minutes is that something that you hope to be able to do run it outside keep their offense off the field Honestly, you go into every
0: game uh, hoping to possess the ball, but at the end of the day, you want to score points. So uh, we'll take one-play sure. drives. Uh, so that that's really, really for us. Is we If we run our offense uh, well, when we run our offense well, you're moving the ball, but you're, you're ending with seven points. So if we possess it, that's great. That does keep their offense on the field, like you mentioned. Uh, but bottom line is whether we run it, inside or outside, whether we throw it, play action, empty, whatever it may be, uh, we're trying to move the ball to be able to put ourselves in position to score a point.
2: So they've been about – 80 percent nickel or dime this year one of the reasons probably why they've struggled a little bit against the run but they run blitz higher than any team in the nfl why does a team run blitz what does that do and then how as an offense do you counteract a heavy run blitz team
0: yeah so what you'll see on sunday number nine kenneth murray is really their their great player uh but he's their player that you're going to see those run blitzes from and and what they're trying to do is they're trying to shoot gaps they're trying to move the front because when you run blitz and you blitz a linebacker you're usually moving one of your front players so your nose or your three technique or the five technique is going to move out of his gap at the snap and that's trying to create confusion for the offense is trying to create penetration for the defense uh, if you're offensively it's a huge challenge but if you're good if, if you can cover them up that does open up seams in the run game
2: and then you can get to that second level third level and hopefully right down to the end zone Ball security. I'm sure you've been preaching that this week. They lead the NFL 14 strip sacks since 2021, 23 fumbles. That since then third in the NFL. What are they doing that is getting the football onto the ground as much as they do?
0: Yeah, good play Well, they're very ball-aware, good players. Uh, I think having the defensive ends that they've had and getting to the quarterback and getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands, I think, contributes to that a lot. But very ball-aware players. I'd go back to Derwin James. Even in our game, he, all of his tackles have felt like he was trying to strip the ball. And he had a sack early where the ball yep. came out. We were fortunate to recover that. But uh, he, he's a ball-aware player.
2: All right, when they have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, that obviously presents a lot of challenges. They can rush from both sides. They don't have Joey Bosa, but they do have Mack, who right now has five sacks. What is he still bringing at this stage of his career in his ninth season, and, and how do you attack this defense knowing they don't have Bosa on the other side? Yeah, I mean, Mack's a
0: great, great player. I've seen a, him a lot going back to his Chicago days when I was at the Vikings. Just he's, uh, he's disruptive. He has, he's so powerful. He has unbelievable bend for his size. He's relentless to the ball. Uh, we have our work cut out for us, and, and I know you mentioned they don't have Bosa, but you have Khalil Mack, and you have—they have a bunch of guys that can get after the, the passer. I mean, that's kind of how they have built their thing. So we got to be—we uh, have to understand where Mack is. He can play both sides. Uh, they can move him around, but uh, certainly every single play, you're mindful of finding out where number 52 is.
2: How nice is it to be back at home for this one? Should be a little bit of a chilly temperature on Sunday, which I think benefits hopefully the team not from Los Angeles and get in front of his fans and for this team to be resilient. You've been so good at that throughout your tenure, getting this team ready to bounce back from loss and follow it up with a win.
0: Yeah, you have to. That's just the the name of the game, and and I think what our guys have done and what I appreciate about our players is they've really – Put the blinders on and, and just focused on this game and this game alone. This is a AFC matchup, two two and two teams uh, at our place in front of our fans. Uh, that's that's the exciting challenge of this week.
2: A Challenge it will be, and hopefully, as things progress, Miles Garrett will make his return, which would be a wonderful thing considering what all of us were worried about ten days ago, which was just his health as a human being. For sure, and and you know, last week,
0: uh, obviously, felt the appropriate decision was not to play him in that game. Uh, he, he looks good he's feeling good so uh, as this week wears on i think we are looking to get him back out
2: there on sunday coach thanks again for the time and good luck on sunday thanks nathan all right we'll be back with more of the kevin's a fancy show all along the university hospitals cleveland browns radio network I feel
0: like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to
1: be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry.
2: All right, welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Folks, be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea Tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. The Twisted Tea Tailgate is located on the west side of First Energy Stadium, and it combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music, food, and drink options, along with areas for socializing. The tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to the fans with a ticket to the game. It's a great time. I know a lot of people have had a lot of fun at the Twisted Tea Tailgate. Join them. All right, let's go around the league. Nathan Zagura, Gerard Cherry with you. Gerard, here we are, week number five. In the old days, we could say the first quarter of the season was done. Not so fast, not anymore, because, of course, they added that 17th game. But we still have a lot of good stuff here in the week five slate. So, Gerard, my question to you is, what is your game of the week that is not the Browns and the Chargers?
3: Oh, this is a no-brainer for me. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers versus... The Buffalo Bills. And the reason why it is the case is that Pickett is going to get his first start and he's going against a quality opponent. So let's see how the fan base in Pittsburgh reacts to what's about to take place. And let's see how he reacts because, Nathan, we may be talking about this guy for the next 10 to 15 years if he has promise, but if he doesn't, obviously they'll move on. So it's going to be a definitely uh, interesting game to see how he responds being the full-time starter in his first game in the National Football League being the starter.
2: We will see. Las Vegas doesn't think that's the game of the week. They've got the Bills as fourteen point favorites, <laughs> the biggest favorites. I didn't say was gonna Indiana be a good game. NFL. It's just intriguing to me. It's an intriguing game to you. I think and that is very fair. For me, I'll i I'll see what you did there, and I will stay in our division. Sunday night football this week. The Bengals at the Ravens, ah, that to me is the best game, and that's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. The Bengals, big win against Miami on Thursday night. The Ravens, probably like us, Gerard, right? They mm-hmm. probably feel like they should be 4-0. Certainly. They blew a huge lead to Miami, and they've blown a huge lead just this past week. They were up 20-3 to on the Buffalo Bills before losing 23-20. to That's an
3: excellent point, Nathan. And it's really going to come down to, in my mind, between us and the Ravens, who gets on the right track? Who starts playing clean football? Who is motivated from a complimentary football standpoint in the entirety of the whole team to say, you know what, we're playing below our capabilities and we want more. It really comes down to that. And both the teams are at a crossroads and we'll find out the next four weeks because you heard me say it before. Weeks six to eight is when you find out what type of football team you truly have. Yeah, and for
2: the Browns, they will have to do that still without Deshaun Watson. He will be back in the facility next week. Can't practice for a few more weeks after that, but then the Browns will get him in their Week 12 game, so the Browns are going to have to find out who they are prior to getting Deshaun Watson back. All right, the Green Bay Packers, 3-1. and one. They lose to the Vikings 23 to 7 week one. They beat the Bears who are not good 27 to 10 week two. They beat the Bucks in an ugly one 14 to 12. And then they beat the Patriots in overtime with Bailey Zappi at quarterback drive 27 to 24. Now their schedule the next three is pretty easy. They get the Giants in London, then the Jets, mm. then the Commanders. Wow. So they are they should be six and one at the end of this. But are, what do you feel about that pack team? And again, you kinda of made the point that it's not what you do in the first quarter as much as it is the last quarter of the season, but how do you feel about this pack team and what you've seen so far? <laughs> Borrowing from a
3: friend, I think they're Fugazi in that they're basically based upon the opponents. Now granted they did beat a Tampa team that's somewhat beleaguered right now as well because of issues maybe off the field or what's going on just right now with adjustable guys being out far as Tampa Bay is concerned. But I can't buy into that because they're not playing uh, clean football themselves. They're getting the job done. They're beating who's in front of them. But they, if they keep playing the way they're playing and not cleaning up, they're going to be a team that gets eliminated at some point in the playoffs. With Aaron Rodgers, of course, they're going to do some damage because of what he represents in his high-level professionalism and ability to elevate guys. But it's a team game. It's not just the offensive side of the ball. And we saw it them last year. No special teams play, poor special teams play, rather, and what that can do The defense being uh, okay. So I'm not taking them that serious. And granted, you can say, well, they did beat the Buccaneers, and that's the premier team in the NFC. But right now it's fair to say, too, that the NFC outside the Eagles is pretty weak.
2: Yeah, there are teams we'll see who will ultimately step up in that NFC. The Packers three and one. Dallas also three and one. They've ah. won every game started by Cooper Rush. Fish. Zach Prescott may be ready to come back next week. Do if they beat the Rams, if he goes four and out, do they keep with him? I don't think so, they're but Gerard, not. what do you say?
3: No, they're not. And now if he's strung along eight or nine games, Nathan, then I'm saying something totally different. But with four games, this is still Dak Prescott's team. Now, if you get the 9-10 range and he's undefeated, you better not make that move. You keep him right where he's at as a starter. But with four or five games under his belt, and granted he's winning, I'm going to make that change. And also, too, that defense is on
2: fire. It is on fire. And listen, if you're the Rams... Your biggest problem comes with stopping in a team's ability to rush the passer. We saw with the Niners have seven sacks mm. on Monday. So we're get worse. And now they get Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah. I think the Cowboys could win that game there. All right, real quick, Gerard. Are you buying or selling the following two and two teams, the Jets? Selling. Selling? I liked. I think they're fun. Really? I think I, Zach Wilson, <laughs> Brees Hall, Garrett you Wilson, you Eliza saw I Moore. Saw. Corey Davis, yeah, but the, and listen, we lost to the Jets. Yeah, they and we had no business doing that either. No, none, zero. All right, Jacksonville Jaguars—they have been kind of a Jekyll and Hyde. They've been really, really good. They did not look very good in the slop against the Eagles.
3: No, they did not. And again, I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC, so I'll give them a pass on that. But I think they're going to be better than what they were. So I'm than what they were last year, and that's really not saying much. But I'm going to say, yeah, I'm buying the Jaguars.
2: They're already better than they were last Exactly. Year. I mean, after four Two games, games. Four games exactly. in, right? Exactly. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Where They are playing tonight. Sell, tonight sell, sell, sell. In Indianapolis. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I think their coaching is dreadful. And some, Russ doesn't look right. Uh,
3: Something well, does not look right. To his credit, though, and I had to defend him today, and I'll do it again. He could totally be the guy in the media right now, like, saying, what are y'all doing? You're not even letting me cook, as he likes to say. But he's not doing that, at least that I'm aware of, that I'm not hearing him throwing hacking under the bus. So power to him because – Lord knows he has more cachet than his head coach right now in that locker room, and he's not using it.
2: it. It is, and he's not using his arm well. It feels like he's missing a lot of throws he normally doesn't miss. He, he's really struggled. Uh, and then the Rams, their team talking about playing the Cowboys this week. They are 2-2, two two, the defending Super Bowl champions.
3: Are you buying or are you selling them? I am selling them as well. Don't want them no more. Same. I mean, you saw what the 49ers did to him, and that was just woof. It I mean, just feels
2: like they have some real issues. Yeah, they cannot good. protect Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. They do not have a vertical threat. Cooper Cup is literally the entire offense. They don't have a running game. And then defensively, they're just not
3: quite the same as they
2: were before. Right,
3: and it just, you don't see that sense of urgency. You don't see that. You, there's a malaise that's over them, Nathan, where it's like they have gotten caught up in, I've won the Super Bowl, it's going to time for me to chill. I've seen it. I know what it looks like, and they have it. All right, Gerard, we know you've got to get to your TV obligations,
2: so I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. Stock up, step up for our Cleveland Browns in this game against the Chargers. Who needs to step up?
3: Uh, really simple. You would say the whole front seven is going to have to do that because of the fact, heck, the whole defense is going to have to step I know you asked for individual, but we're not going to beat the Chargers unless we play complementary defense, let alone complementary football, because we're going to have to do that as well. Pass rush is going to have to get there, and the secondary is going to have to hold up with man coverage in order to give these guys who may need extra time to get to Herbert. Because if you can pull that caper off, then you can win this football game based upon what we're capable of doing on the offensive end because we're not a good matchup for them on the offensive side of the ball. But we're going to have to bring for for 60 minutes – The full-fledged defense complementing each other. And also linebackers getting their proper drop depths when the pass is being thrown as opposed to just assuming it's a run. All those things are going to factor in, Nathan. We're going to have to play team defense like we've never played it before.
2: I agree with you on that one, Gerard. Gerard, thank you so much for the time. As always, let's get this defense to step up. Let's get a big win against the Chargers. Looking forward to being with you on Sunday when you'll be down on the sidelines for the Browns and the Chargers. Let's do it. All right, folks, for NFL GM signing players, the salary cap keeps things from getting out of hand. Spending limits can also help when you're gambling. So set a limit before you gamble, then stick to it. Get more tips like this at keepitfunohio.com. When we come back, I go one-on-one with Browns linebacker Sione Takitaki. You're listening to The Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
4: This is Browns cornerback, Denzel Ward. This is Browns wide receiver, Donovan Peoples-Jones.
2: This
1: is Joel Batonio, and you're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns.
2: Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Very happy now to be joined by a great friend of the program and a great human being, Sione Taki, Browns linebacker. Sione... Let's start with just kind of the overall mood of this team. First quarter of the season is over, two and two. Probably feels like we should be better than that, but we are two and two. How's everybody kind of responded to letting a few get away?
4: Um, I feel like we're all hungry to, to get better. I feel like just like you said, we feel like we should be sitting at four and zero, you know. Um, but we let some some get away from us, um, and now we're hungry to get better. Uh, we, we we got a lot of guys coming back that are banged up, and so um, we're excited to. Um, get back on the field this Sunday and prove uh, what we can do as we move forward.
2: You guys have been one of the best defenses in the league the first three quarters. I mean, last week, second and third quarter combined, they had 11 yards. The Atlanta Falcons in half of football had 11 yards. But then in the fourth quarter, it feels like something has happened where it's gotten away from us. When you guys watch that, is there anything that jumps out? I mean, obviously, if it was an easy fix, it would be fixed. But what do you think it is, the guy now, a fourth-year veteran, who's been on some darn good defenses?
4: It was it was the obvious, you know. We got a little sloppy in the fourth quarter with uh with being assignment sound, and um, we pride ourselves on stopping the run. And I felt like we we definitely showed on fourth quarter that uh, we let a lot of slip, and especially you when know, we gave up 200 yards on on, on uh, 200 yards um, running on on the ground. And uh, I feel like we pride ourselves on stopping the run, and uh, you seen that in the fourth quarter. So uh, we had a lot of our big guys out, you know. Obviously the the obvious, the JD uh, Miles. Um, but a lot of the young guys, like you said, all the way up to the third quarter, man, we were doing great, you know. Those guys stepped in, and uh, we played good ball, and um, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, but um, we kept it close, and fourth quarter obviously came, and uh, we got a little sloppy. And So, you know, I would say definitely being more assignments sound in our run gaps, and um, going forward, I think that's what we're cleaning up this week. We've worked on that, and going forward, we should show that on tape. It's coming up Sunday.
2: They're not going to run it much but they are going to throw it. This is the number one passing offense in the NFL. You played the Chargers last year. That was a crazy shootout, high-scoring game in the league last year. When you watch these guys, what do you see, and how do you try to deal with a def- an offense that attacks you at all levels? Right? they got Mike Williams vertically. They've got an intermediate. If Keenan Allen plays, he plays. Otherwise, they got Gerald Everett. They've got underneath Austin Eckler, who's as pesky as a Christian McCaffrey out there out of the backfield. So what kind of a challenge does that present when you know that they can go any level, any play?
4: Yeah, I think you kind of just mentioned it. They they got guys that can, they can hit you deep uh, with, with the mid routes, and also you know guys like Eckler and um, and uh, Allen who are you know those short, short route runners who can catch the ball and get yacked. So um, I feel like it's a good it's a good challenge for us. We're excited for the challenge. Um, I feel like we pride ourselves on our on our rush and our back end guys. So it'll be a good challenge for us to get out there and, and show what we can do against the number one pass offense.
2: Based on last year's game, does that make you guys a little hungry to get out there and and try to, you know, say, okay, that happened, it was a shootout, not happening again?
4: Heck, yeah, for sure. You know, obviously, when you lose like that, um, that definitely leaves a a sour taste in your mouth. So we're excited to get back out there and show what we could do against a a good offense.
2: You are a guy who strikes me, and I'd say there's another guy in your room, JOK. Like, intense competitive fire. So I know that losing absolutely kills you. How is the team like? Kind of process that because it, it you don't want to have to feel it, but like when you do feel it, it can lead to very very good things. People who just detest losing with every fiber of their being.
4: Yeah, I think you just kind of mentioned it a little bit. I feel like you know when you when you lose. Obviously, we play this game to win. You know what I mean. And so I feel like we got a lot of competitors on the team. You know, offense, defense, special teams um, that want to go out there and win. And I feel like you know when you lose like that last week and the week before that, man, or you know two weeks ago man it leaves a a, a bad taste in your mouth and um I feel like you know you mentioned Jock super competitor Jacob all those guys um we're just fired up to go out there and get back in the wind column this week um plan is always to go one and oh and this is the big one coming up
2: you're in your fourth year you're now the veteran in that room with a walk on ir you know have you tried to take on a little bit more of a leadership role and by the way number 10 linebacker in the nfl at pro football focus right now and i know that's that's very nice right it means things are going well for you but you know are you taking on more of a leadership role and trying to kind of fill that gap because you are the like you embody everything smart tough accountable the blue collar work ethic the physicality of it like you bring that every single time you're on the field
4: Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I feel like I always carry myself as a as a, as a person to try to lead, and um, even when Walk was here, um, but now Walk's down. You know, I feel like I am one of the older guys in the room, um, so you know, definitely trying to rally up the guys. Lucky I got good competitors, like you said. You know, I really don't have to do too much, but just be myself. And um, and 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 I feel like we got a, a bunch of we got a bunch of young guys coming up, man, that are, are great great leaders. Too Jacob, he leads in in, in his way. Jock leads in his way. We even got Jordan in there. Tony's coming along. So um, we're excited. And, yeah, you know, I I, I always try to lead by example. That's how I was taught as a youngin.
2: Sioni, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck on Sunday against Chargers.
4: Appreciate it, man. Thanks.
2: I love Sione Taki -taki, what he brings, like I said, that blue-collar work ethic. He is not afraid to get in there, get physical, and help lead this defense. And I think one of the things that was overlooked because of all the injuries on the defensive line was what a big loss Anthony Walker Jr. was. Anthony Walker Jr., you know, got hurt in that game against the Steelers. He is still second on our team in quarterback pressures. He is tied for this. He's second on our team in tackles for a loss. He was all over the field. He was still in the top four in terms of tackles on this football team, even though he didn't play in one game. He was having an unbelievable start to the season, and we missed him. You know, Jacob Phillips had to play every single snap in that game against Atlanta, and we saw him get out of position sometimes in the run game, and then on the coverage, he's the one who was not in the right spot that allowed that big play to Olamide zakias uh, that was a backbreaker for this team. Anthony Walker was the captain elected by his peers. We talked with him just a couple of weeks ago right here on this show on one of our remotes, about what that meant to him. And, and I think that is such a big loss for this Cleveland Browns team, and, and hopefully we can step up, hopefully we can minimize that going forward. But that is going to be on, I think, Jacob Phillips in large part to do that and maybe see on a Taki Taki. Maybe we'll see him get some opportunities at that Mike linebacker position. Fans mark your calendars for face off on the lake, presented by Meyer, the first major outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium. On February eighteenth, the Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines right here. At First Energy, tickets are now on sale starting at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. Wrapping it up, final thoughts, stock up, step up for me. Coming up next on the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
0: I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because
1: I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
2: Wrapping it up here on the Kevin Stefanski Show. If you're coming to the game on Sunday at First Energy Stadium, you can get in quicker on game days with Express Access presented by Root Insurance. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Plus, each game you use Express Access at First Energy Stadium, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win Browns autograph merchandise. Go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. It's the Browns and the Chargers, a big one. Can the Browns be resilient coming off of a loss as they were in Week 3 coming off that loss of the Jets when they beat the Steelers? Stock up, step up. Up, who needs to step up? Well, Jacob Phillips, you're the Mike linebacker now. You're the man calling the defense. We need you to get everybody aligned properly. We need you to have the eyes and be the quarterback of this defense. Following the loss of Anthony Walker, we need him to step up in terms of stock up for this football team. How about the Chief? Back-to-back big games for David Ajoku. He's got a little bit of a mismatch this week, I think, against Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray of this defense, and so I want to see the Chief continue that big play we've seen the last two weeks. He had a career high last time, over 140 yards against this Chargers team. Coverage starts 9 a.m. this Sunday here on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. We want to thank you for being with us. Thanks to coordinating producer Meredith Kane, executive producer Jason Gibbs. This is Nathan Zagura saying you've been listening to the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
1: You've been listening to the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. Join us next week at this time for more from the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. A You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.